0: Hello, gentle listeners. We're back in action. I'm sure you've missed us. In case you forgot, I am Liz, your friendly neighborhood lesbian. And
1: I am Eric, the gay international man of mystery.
0: (laughs) That's good. Um, We apologize for being gone for so long. Uh, It's actually Eric is finally back in the U.S., So we just wanted to, um, I figured like since Eric's back, he's newly back, we wanted to do an episode about his travels, his, we've been talking about it throughout two seasons of doing the show and now he's here. So it's time to really unpack that whole journey and we're looking forward to hearing all about that.
1: I'm looking forward to telling you guys.
0: (laughs) It's been a journey. Fucking hate
1: that. Speaking of journey, I got to be a small town girl living in a lonely world. Took a midnight plane to South Korea. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Eric, why did you go to Korea? That is a complicated question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... It was really a very very much by chance. I had no intentions of going to Korea, but about halfway through our final year of grad school, I got a Facebook message from this guy who lived on my floor when I was a freshman in college, and he was like the head teacher at a after-school program in Korea that was looking for teachers. And he asked me, he remembered that I was an English teacher, so that's why he asked me. So I really went back and forth on it. I was like, "This is stupid." <laughs> on one <laughs> hand, uh, on the other hand, it's like a very it's a once in a lifetime ex- like opportunity, and like I felt like I couldn't, I would regret not going if I didn't go. So fast forward about five months, I graduate. I and about a week later, I flew to Korea. Yeah, that was. Pretty quick.
0: I do remember that. (laughs) It was a whirlwind. So yeah, just what was it
1: like when you got there? Like, walk us through it a little bit. All right. So let me initial arrival. So immediately when I arrive there, things start to go not quite as well as I would have hoped. Um, so first of all, this is my first time in a different country. I've never been to another country before I went to Korea. So it was very much a culture shock. Like not only not being in a country you've never been to, but also a country that English isn't the primary language and it's just very different culturally from your own. It was a lot to process and adjust to, um, but first, I get to the airport, and so that guy I told you about picked me up from the airport. In college, he was a really like quiet, nerdy kind of guy. Fast forward 10 years, he's like straight up the most obnoxious person I have met in a long time.
0: I didn't realize that he was there, this guy that offered you the job or, or put you up for this job. Mm-hmm. I, I did not realize that. Okay, so he that's why... He, you only saw him this one time because he was so fucking annoying.
1: (laughs) No, well, he worked at the school like once a week, and literally he was the worst part about working at that school the entire time I was there. And for every other teacher that worked there, too. Um, So literally by the time we got, he took me to the city I worked in, Chanan, which he first of all told me was 25 minutes outside of Seoul, and if anyone knows Korean geography, that is... So far from being true. (laughs) How far away from Seoul were you, actually? Um, An hour and a half on the best of days. Wow.
0: 25 minutes
1: is a big... Yeah, I even have my notes from when we discussed the job, and I literally wrote 25 minutes from Seoul in my notes. So it was very, like, shocking, that part. I also thought I was going to be in Seoul, so I thought I was going to be in a very international part of Korea. But I was in, like, suburban Korea. Wow. Which I f- admittedly feel like gave me a much more immersive cultural experience of being in a different country. But at by the same token, like, <laughs> I was the only black person that I almost ever saw.
0: <laughs> you may have been the only black person that these people will ever see in their lives.
1: Yeah, definitely the first for a lot of my students, if not their parents.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so let's jump to let's talk about your students then if you since you went there. So, what was it like when you first met them? All like met your classes. Like when did you start working actually? Did you start working like day next day after you arrived? Dude.
1: Yes. Wow. I literally started working the next day. And remember, there's the 16-hour time difference. So like, I'm just a mess. Yeah, you're fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. So I teach the kids. Basically, we read stories, discuss vocabulary, and they're learning English a little bit at a time. And it's an after-school program, so it's about an hour and a half blocks for each class. Um, I have every grade from about kindergarten to junior high in different levels of classes
0: but like each class is more of like grouped into those age groups right like yes they're not yeah altogether. so
1: like yeah all kindergartners, all first graders gotcha. all second and third all fourth and fifth kind of thing like that um off the bat i was i just like <laughs> i don't even know how to explain how i felt it was just awful it felt terrible um they understand so little English, and they also understand very little Korean because they're nine years old. So it, I started in a very difficult place. It was hard to get my feelings across and for them to get their feelings across to me, which was frustrating for both of us. Um, over time, I got used to it, got a lot better. Their are kids I always hated. Their are kids I liked a lot. Their are kids that... I went from liking to hating, from hating to liking. So, but I got better at it and I figured out how to tr- like communicate with them, what they liked and like how to make the experience. So what did your friend do? Like at the school, reasonable, I say possible. For he was like <laughs> the head teacher. He would like make the <laughs> curriculum, that's but because there's no copyright I mean, laws in Korea, they would as a just kind of steal pieces kids of and American textbooks and whatever. Like and I make their think own that transcends gotcha.
0: culture. Like. My, ma- my mom is a teacher, and, like, every year, there's some good, some <laughs> bad, and you just you get through it, you know? So it's kind of interesting to see that, like, kids are kids, like, no matter what. They're going to be dicks, yeah. or they're going to be good, you know, whatever.
1: It was really interesting, because I thought they would be very... Um respectful and like very studious students and they were just like all over the map and they you just like could fo- even follow the like teenage drama they were going through oh yeah like, it's just like American kids wow So the you... shitty as American
0: kids <laughs> yeah, exactly puberty really sucks doesn't it
1: <laughs> um I will say though for anybody out there considering it I would definitely suggest teaching abroad for a year if you can If you're here in America, you can teach abroad in a lot of different Asian countries, a lot of European countries. Um, I know someone who's going to go teach in Colombia next year, and I had a friend who was in Thailand, Vietnam, Japan, all options, and I definitely suggest you do it. It's stable money, stable job, and as long as you can – Deal with the crushing loneliness and <laughs> otherness, <laughs> othering of your identity. It's fantastic.
0: Let's fucking talk about that for a second. All right. So you guys, you know what he's been doing over there. Let's talk about the crush, the crippling loneliness and your <laughs> strong feelings of otherness. What, what were like. Okay. So just like describe like, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about, uh, what it was like for you to be gay in a foreign country as well. Um, Which we can, we will dig into like a little deeper later on. But I, I definitely, it's funny because like when you do go to, like I went, when I was abroad, I went to an English speaking country, but I still felt the loneliness, the, the otherness, the, especially when you first get there. So I can only imagine what did you, what did you do to like
1: get through that? (laughs) <laughs> you just do um, Yeah um, I just did a lot of exploring and hiking That really became my like go-to things Because I mean if you're alone on a mountain You could be anywhere You're not necessarily in Korea No one's speaking any language out there That was um, like almost like beautiful You know <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, I just explored the country a lot you know, <clears throat> I would really, I guess, lean into that otherness, right? You meet people in places, they're, they know you're not from there, they're a little bit willing to help you, but they're also going to forgive you for not getting it right, you know? Mm-hmm. I was clearly not from around there. Right.
0: Really uh, listeners, if so. you have
1: not seen me, I <laughs> do not look like a Korean. <laughs>
0: Not even passing. What did your students call you?
1: Uh, Obama teacher.
0: Because <laughs> it's like, that must have just been because the only other like person of color of reference they had was like our former president.
1: Um, yes, but also Prince of Wakanda, Black Panther. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> did you get that at all or was it just Obama teacher? Just Obama teacher, but they were really into Marvel movies. So they were just like randomly in class. Like, you know, they're just speaking Korean, but they know these English phrases. So they would just be like Wakanda forever.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, you must have loved
1: that. (laughs) It was interesting to see them have like black heroes, because I feel like that's the first one.
0: That is true. I did not think about hmm. that. So that's a really interesting time for you to be over there, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: you know? A really
1: yeah, Endgame end came out while I was there, so it was really a renaissance.
0: <laughs> a renaissance?
1: <laughs> oh. Um.
0: Yeah. So, all right. So we were just talking about, um, exploring and stuff. So like, tell Mm -hmm. us like a little bit about before we get into more specific details of what it was like being a queer person over there. Let's talk about like your other trips. Like you weren't just in Korea. We talked about, uh, you know, we've talked about in the past, you traveling to Japan, Vietnam, Thailand, like what, where else did you go? Was that it?
1: Yeah. Um, that was it. I went to Japan. A couple months after I got there, because we had a summer break, and it was like a close country, and I'm like, I haven't been to another country. Um, When we had our winter break, I went to Thailand, and then right after I finished working at the school, I went to Vietnam for a couple weeks before I came back to the US. So I got to see a little bit of that whole area of like Southeast Asia. Um, One thing I did, I went to the tallest peak in every country. So. We've mentioned it a little bit before, but I hiked up Mount Fuji in Japan, um, took a cable car to the top of Fansipan in Vietnam, took a taxi to the top of the top of the tallest mountain in Thailand, and ran a marathon to the top of the tallest mountain slash volcano in South Korea.
0: Wow, dude, That's, got around. Yeah, a little bit. That's <laughs> really cool. Were those like, what was your favorite place to go to? Like, what was your favorite place that you visited?
1: Probably Vietnam. I got all the way around Vietnam, so I feel like it's a little bit not fair, but... Because you got to do so much more there. Yeah, but it was all really different, so I got to go hiking, I got to go on a boat, I got to go swimming... And beaches, you know, city, all of that stuff. But Vietnam was, like, really friendly. Like, everyone was willing to just, like, sit down and talk. There was a lot of backpackers, like, across the entire country that were also just, (laughs) you know, as aimless as you. So they were willing to sit down and, like, have a meal with you.
0: Right. That's cool. So you met, like, a lot of people that way. Yeah.
1: When I was in Vietnam, I met a lot of people. I hear a lot of backpackers don't go to Korea And also Japan just because they're so expensive.
0: What was the worst place? Like what and not like the worst, but like Mm -hmm. what was like friendly like was what was the least friendly and
1: things like that? I would say um like the small towns on the out like outside of Korea were the least friendly. Wow, so like where you lived. (laughs) (laughs) Um, further out than that. I was like suburban, but when you get to like rural Korea, they just were like they weren't mean. They were just like unforgiving of you being lost and not knowing the language.
0: Ah, I see. And so very obviously not from here.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. You really like dove in. Uh, I can't believe that it just like all happened like right at once. You know, you like got there, you started working and that must have been such a challenge just it was
1: yeah it was definitely exhausting and then like just getting my bearings for being in the city they didn't really give me any help and i didn't have like an orientation or anything like that (laughs) no (laughs) nothing even close um and then it took me a little while to really connect with the other teachers so in the beginning it was really just me trial and error going places and like you know, like how to even go to the supermarket and get the stuff that you need because you can't communicate with the cashier.
0: Right. Um, I think it's a good time to describe your grocery store experience. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, we mentioned a little bit the chaotic energy that, I, that tends to follow me and... I, From what I hear, these experiences that I've had in Korea are not representative of Korea, but they happened to me so much that I feel like <laughs> that it felt like that was much more the way things happen in Korea. <laughs> um, short side story, I got propositioned for a threesome by a Korean couple at a fried chicken restaurant. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. (laughs) Yeah. That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the one she was mentioning is a drunk lady tried to shop for me at the local grocery store. Not tried to, like did shop for you. (laughs) Did shop for me. Uh, (laughs) made her like 70-year-old mother get me a new basket and then proceeded to like buy all my food for me <laughs> um i went along with it i was curious to see like what do Koreans buy at Lotte Mart that's the name of the supermarket but i found some good stuff i didn't get everything i needed i had no eggs the next morning but i did get some new cool like rice dishes nice that's always good. Wait, could you
0: buy alcohol in the grocery store or did you have to go to separate places to buy that?
1: No, you could buy alcohol. You could buy alcohol anywhere in Korea. Um, they have like their gas station liquor stores, like their 7-Elevens. There's like three on every block, like literally every block. And they are all 24 hours. Amazing. It was brilliant. <laughs>
0: We should have that here. There's only like a select few here. Even in LA, big city
1: life, there's like rarely any twenty-four hour things. Several yeah. Love, there's, but there's always one within walking distance in Korea. There yeah. was a lot of things that you're less like, wow, why don't we do that?
0: What well, were like what was like another thing like that? Wow, why don't we do that?
1: Hands down public transportation. Um I went hiking a lot, and I was able to hike literally around the entire country, and I would just get up in the morning from my apartment and hop on a bus, and I could get to the other side of Korea, hike a mountain, grab a bus back to my side of the country like by the same night.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. It's admittedly much, much smaller than the U.S., but like you still couldn't travel that distance in the U.S.
0: Right, right. Even fast. just going that in that small of an area, you can't just get anywhere on a bus. Like you have to plan however.
1: Yeah. It's just not easy. Um, and their trains go like 200 miles per hour and ours go 50.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So you could get places like pretty fast. So, but even with a 200 mile an hour train to get to Seoul, it was like an hour and a half. Yes. (laughs) Wow. So you were like so fucking far away. (laughs) All right, so now let's talk about gay stuff. Um, Gay. (laughs) What what was it like being a queer man? Like, you're out, you've been out for a while, and you definitely weren't trying to hide that when you went to Korea. What was it like, like, overarching for you to be gay there?
1: Um, Well, to start out, so... The guy that hired me knew I was gay because I was out in college. Um, and but he's like, it's cool that you're gay, but, like, you just can't be out, like, while you're at working at the school. Oh, which is... Right off the bat. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It makes sense. You know, I'm not, like, trying to be kissing random guys on the street corner where, like, their parents and the kids are going to see me. Wait. Oh, which but- is, like...
0: Uh, question before you continue mm-hmm. on, was this like a warning, like, uh, be careful cause some, this is a conservative area or was he like,
1: you shouldn't, I okay. think it was more of a warning on his part. I took it as very like friendly. So it must've been before I got there because I didn't realize that he was a douchebag. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was, like, for my sake, but I think it was more for his sake.
0: Right, to cover himself, be like, you know, I gotcha. Yeah. Oh,
1: what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but, like, I mean, I don't know how I was going to be out in Korea. You know, I wasn't going to ever tell my students. I wasn't going to be making out with guys in visible places in Korea. Right. So, I don't know. So, that I think... But hearing that kind of was weird for me to like be thinking about it to start out with.
0: Did it make you think about
1: it more than you like would have otherwise? I don't know. I was definitely in a different country and I just know that it's a lot it's a much more conservative country. Right. As far as that topic. So I probably would have been on the edge, but like hearing it probably made it real Wow,
0: that's heavy, especially after being so out and like comfortable already, and then having to go somewhere where you like can't really or you just don't know what the the guidelines
1: are. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I came out to my like the other teachers like the first day we hung out. I wasn't gonna like not be out or anything, right? And they were really cool. We went; the three of us went to Pride together there because there's. Seoul Queer Festival every summer, and it happened to be about a month, maybe a month and a half after I got to Korea. So that was my first real outing. My first time going to Seoul was to go to that queer festival.
0: Oh, cool. What's like Pride like there versus here? I know we've talked a little bit about it in the past, so you don't have to talk about it like in detail, but like give us something.
1: Yeah. Um, well, the last time... We talked about it last episode, actually. Oh, but yeah. But... I hadn't gone to the second year. I got to go to two years of Pride in Soul. So I got to see it change and get bigger and everything because they moved it up a little bit for the second year. But the first year, it was – I mean I've been to Seattle, San Francisco, L.A. I haven't been to L.A., psych. Um, <laughs> but like really big Prides in very liberal cities. So it was really interesting. It was really – Way more international, I felt like. Like, every international person in Seoul was at Pride. You know, every gay international person was there. It was heavily protested. There was, like, a huge counter-protest. There was a huge counter-parade both years. Yeah, they move the date around and don't announce it early because people, the, so to prevent those other groups from wow, mobilizing like straight, quickly. like
0: straight Pride Parade in Boston?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Also, Boston. What the fuck? That is real. That is real. It happened like a couple of weeks ago. What the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm so proud to be from there, but oh my god, you guys make me sick. Like, honestly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, let me see. So yeah, so the pride was awesome. Thing to go to that also put me at ease. I felt like you know seeing a lot more queer visibility in Korea. Handled. Pretty well. And, you know, they also had like advertisements for like Daegu Queer Festival and like Busan Queer Festival. So it's like, okay, there's, it's just happening in other cities. So there's
0: other cities that have it too. So there's not, it's not like just like one big city, everybody comes in for it, whatever.
1: So that was really cool, you know, and getting to see the queer side of Korea. Um, Other than that, in Korea, I felt like gayness was not heavily visible. Um, I didn't watch a lot of Korean TV, but I don't think there was a lot of – I don't think there was, like, any queer representation on Korean TV. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, was there, like, a WeHo-type area or, like, a
1: gay area of Seoul by yes. any Yes. Oh, cool. Yes, there is. It's called Homo Hill. <laughs> oh, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> um, so, Itaewon is the foreigner section of Seoul where, like, a lot of – you can see, like, a lot of people from all over the world – it's where you find your Mexican food, um, and that's where Homo Hill is. I went there a few times. I did not have a great time, admittedly. Um, I didn't. I went alone every time I went. I didn't really have any gay friends while I was in Korea. And Homo Hill, I felt like was really Korean, even though it's in the foreigner section. It's just like all the gay Koreans hang out there. All the gay foreigners come too, but it's just like very gay Korean, gotcha. which is cool but then it's you know right I don't know Korean (laughs) yeah (laughs) so and it was very small like I'm used to Seattle San Francisco LA again and so I guess it's comparatively probably a pretty large gay space but it's just one street and it has a lot of gay bars and stuff like I said my first co-workers were an Australian couple straight yawn Um,
0: (laughs) seriously
1: when they left I got two new co-workers and they were both bisexual women
0: oh shit I don't think I knew that I I don't think we talked about that before
1: I don't think so and it was literally a week after we did our episode with Chick too
0: oh that's so funny
1: yeah so I was like I know about bisexual women
0: yeah (laughs) I'm like an expert on that now (laughs) Um, did they have any like experiences over there or anything or?
1: Yeah, they had both been there for a while. So that's what made my experience a lot better, actually, because the first two had only been there about three months before me and we were all lost together. But the other two had been there two years and four years in Korea, respectively, just moving around to different teaching jobs. So they were really helpful in like helping me figure out my way around the country and just, like, understanding a lot of things. Finally, six months after I had I know, there. I was going to
0: say, like, super long, like, you were about to leave.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I might I, have stayed a second year, honestly, if I had had a better start to my experience there.
0: Really? That's mm-hmm. a hot take, I feel like. Because <laughs> I, I just remember, like, because obviously you guys know we kept in touch like this whole time we were doing the podcast and during those sessions like off air we would just we would chat like so much I felt like we were really uh we were in touch like a lot of the time um and I just you know I feel like it was a good experience overall and I you know for you and I think you would You know, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like overall you could say like you're glad that you did this and you don't have regrets. But at the same time, like when you were in it, you were like, I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. You know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. But it's just like the money was so consistent and like you get an apartment and everything and all that stuff. You just can't you can't beat that with a baseball bat.
0: Wow. That was like the most like dad phrase I've ever heard in my life. Wow. Okay. Cool. So, so you guys all had you know experiences. And you had, in Korea, obviously, you went to Pride, especially with these women. Like that's super cool that you had other like queer people around you there. What about the other places that you visited? What was it like being queer there? I know you weren't. You were there for varying
1: like times, but still, like what was that like? Um, I could give you a snapshot of each of them. Cool. Gay wise. Um, Japan was the first one I went to. I feel like Japan is very similar to Korea in the US and how they view homosexuality, which is like kind of okay. Right. Um, I actually got to meet my friend from college there, and she's gay. She lives there with her partner. I got to like just like, how do you guys feel about Japan? And they're like, we like it. Um, We don't tell everyone that we're gay. And I feel like ultimately we'll move back to the U.S. to get married and be like be recognized as a couple.
0: Are they passing? Then are they like straight passing? These two? Yeah, I would say so. So they, they like they're not super mask or any or butch no. or anything yeah, like that. No, Mm-mm. like you don't think that that could really that like stereotype or that you know ver- like that type of lesbian could exist there, or you know a very obviously
1: gay g- dude. I think they could. I think as long as it's still, it's more of a don't ask, don't tell situation. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was Japan. Then I went to Thailand, Thailand, hands down, probably the gayest country in the world. I don't know. <laughs> I've been to like four countries, but <laughs> Thailand was definitely the gayest one. Describe Tha- that. <laughs> Thailand is the Seattle of countries. Um, Wow, that's a hot take, dude. (laughs) You heard it. I stand by it. (laughs) In 10 years, when I try out for SNL, I hope this surfaces.
0: Wow, I love that that's happening in 10 years. (laughs)
1: Like
0: when I'm 40 starting SNL. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, Leslie Jones, it has been done. It has been done.
1: Um, But I felt like I saw queerness, I saw gayness in Thailand, visibly. I was in a city, I was only in one city in Thailand, probably the shortest time I was in any of these countries, in the city of Chiang Mai, second largest city in Thailand. But it was very, I saw a lot of male-on-male contact, Mm -hmm. which I think was a little bit true for all of these countries, but... I, s- I felt like I saw a lot more in Thailand. I saw people that were like very femme in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the lady boys. Yeah,
0: yeah. Did you just see well a lot of that action yeah. out there? I
1: got catcalled by quite a few lady boys walking down the street. Wow. I, I won't ask like, how if much?
0: you indulged because <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: mother I asked. Listens. Like, how much will you pay me? <laughs> My mother appreciates entrepreneurial-ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So um, I stayed at a hostel, and the head of the hostel, the person that was running it, was gay, and he brought a guy he was on a date with back to the hostel to like, hang out with us, all us hostelites.
0: Nice. Oh, so that's cool. So you found like a little tiny bit of community there.
1: Yeah That's cool I checked my grinder and it said The nearest guy is 16 feet away And then he was in the bed across from me Oh my and god like, He was from Ireland so I told him Like, He asked me what WeHo was like
0: <laughs> Wow that's so wild Did you guys make that connection at the same time? Were you guys both like Hey you're the guy 16 feet away
1: No I think we both saw it But then we ended up both up at like six a m one morning, so we just ended up talking.
0: Oh, nice, so then you both just made that connection, yeah, um, and then Vietnam was and somewhere in the middle of
1: that, or I would say Vietnam was far the furthest right, really, really, yeah, over Korea I, and Japan, yeah, I was very surprised by that also, but I did not see definitely no one visibly gay while I was in Vietnam. Um, I felt like it wasn't as very accepted. Um, I talked to a gay guy and he was like, Oh, he asked me if I had a girlfriend. Cause it was just like, people here don't, or, oh, and if I was planning on getting married to a woman, I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know how this works, <laughs> but it's just like, it's just a different mentality there. You know? Yeah. It's just very much more in secrecy.
0: Interesting. I would not have guessed that. Like, I mean, I don't know much about the culture, Vietnamese culture, so you know, I can't speak to that, but I guess I just would have thought given my you know, bias or whatever you want to call it, uh that Korea and Japan would have definitely been the more conservative of all the Agre- places you were.
1: Agreed. And granted what I'm what I saw is a microcosm of each of these countries like this definitely cannot be extrapolated to being you know these countries views on homosexuality but this is just what i saw as one person traveling through these places
0: well you were there for a long time i mean even though you're just kind yeah. of traveling through these other places like i don't know i just feel like you were really dove in to like like to learn and get into places so your point of view is <laughs> probably pretty <laughs> valid <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I had a great time. Like there were definitely depressing times, definitely lonely times, definitely exhausting, awful, miserable, terrible times. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, okay, but oh, like <laughs> overall, what would you say? Like what would you say about this experience like honest be be completely yeah. honest, like what would you say? Um if Ten out of ten would do again.
1: (laughs) Don't know ten out of ten would do again. (laughs) If I went back in time with knowing with the knowledge I have now to a year and a half ago, I would let myself go down the same path again.
0: Right. But do it but now you knew you would find your places sooner or
1: whatever. Yeah. But I would definitely, it was a great experience and probably one of the most life changing, like, unique experiences that will stick with me for the rest of my life. So, like, you can't put a price on that.
0: Beers for
1: Queers.
0: Now, time for my favorite part of the show Beers for Queers. Eric, now that you're back in the States, what are we drinking?
1: I wish that this were soju, but it is not.
0: Do you know that Um, Lizzo drinks soju in Malibu?
1: (laughs) She is a queen. (laughs) Um, We actually listened to quite a bit of Lizzo in Korea, so I hope she knows she was getting play over there. Um, I'm drinking possibly the most American thing ever. Riding high on the wave of alcoholic seltzers... LaCroix for alcoholics. I'm drinking a natural light seltzer. <laughs> a tall boy at that. <laughs> a tall boy. Um, Catalina lime mixer flavored.
0: Ooh, that was the flavor that appealed the most to me when I first saw them. How is it?
1: It's pretty good. I was really expecting a more for loco-y taste, but it's actually pretty seltzery.
0: Nice. Speaking of Four loco, that's the next seltzer we're going to have to try.
1: Yeah. Once we can track that down, we will have that on this show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We won't even be able to finish the show that
1: time because we'll <laughs> be blacked. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, this is 25-ounce can just like those. Actually, those are 24.5, so props to Natty Light. Um, <laughs> but a 6% alcohol volume for this guy. Pretty good, light flavor, very seltzer still. You know, you don't get that, what's that, that malt beverage flavor. Oh,
0: I gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It just sits on your stomach.
0: Nice, so it's a little bit light. Yeah, what are you drinking, Liz? Well, like, I'm also riding high on the trend of hard seltzers, because I didn't know you would also be drinking a hard seltzer. But mine is a high noon sunsip. Uh, black cherry flavor. It is better than the others. And this is not me saying it's better than the others, because personally, my favorite hard seltzer is a mango white claw. Nothing beats that. I don't give a fuck what you have to say about any other (laughs) seltzer. However, this one, I guess, is better for you because it's made with real fruit juice and real vodka. So it's not like the malt combo beverage. Like the other ones are just... They're meant to imitate a vodka soda, whereas this is like a real vodka juice and soda.
1: Right, so what's the percentage on that one?
0: Uh, Four point five per can. So not bad, you know. It's like a light beer. Hundred calories though. Hundred calories. Can't beat that. You really can't, and gluten free. So <laughs> you know, it checks all of my boxes because you know, those of you that know me know I'm always looking out for my
1: health. Yeah. Liz and her silly ex.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another No Homo Let us know what countries you've been to And were they gay friendly? Um, I've only been to Southeast Asia Liz, you've been down in Down under New- Down under Yeah, you have <laughs> Um so tell us what your experiences have been like.
0: Um and before we go, I just want to say thank you to everyone and anyone that donated to our fundraising campaign. Um it's helping us to get better tech uh you know, tech stuff, hardware so that we can just give you a better show. Um as we move forward, we love doing the show. We want to keep doing it and just we just want to be able to give you guys like the best quality that we can. So, uh we appreciate you. Stepping in and helping us out and we will be sending out your prizes uh this week sometime.
1: So Yes, there are some sexy ass t shirts yeah. headed across the country this week.
0: Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. And
1: thank um, you for huge, listening. Huge, huge, huge shout out to Octavia.
0: Yes, Octavia Bray, our. Octavia
1: Bray, land of the free home of the Bray.
0: (laughs) Our pride and joy. (laughs) We owe, like, our entire new sound system to you. And we thank you so much for that. And we love you very, very, very much.
1: Yes. So until next time, gentle listeners, later, gays. No Homo is an original podcast by Elizabeth Stigley and Eric Tate. Original theme music by Emily Keane. Like us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud at No Homo Podcast. Home sweet homo. We're happy. Well, thank you for joining us for another No Homo. We are back in the U.S. of. <clears throat> <laughs>